0: Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is a very special episode sponsored by Parimatch as we look ahead to the massive heavyweight clash between Tyson Fury and Dillian White, the WC title on the line. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by two very special guests today, including former doubleweight world champion Carl Frampton and our resident boxing expert, Josh Wright as well. Carl, it must be uh, exciting going into such a, a massive fight like this. I know you're pretty busy in terms of previews. D- do occasions like this make you miss, miss being in the ring yourself? Uh,
1: no, not really. <laughs> um, no, I, but I'm, I'm really happy and excited about the whole... It's kind of the first... I've been working for, for BT for, for quite a while now, but this is the first kind of big fight week I've been able to work on. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think a big stadium fight is good. Everybody loves a stadium fight. And I think it's going to be a good fight as well.
0: Fingers crossed. I know you are up early this morning to get a flight over, so I hope you're full of coffee ready yeah. for, this, uh, for this preview now. And uh, Josh, tell us a bit about how you got into boxing and what it is about the sport that you, that you love. Well, I think I might be the only person ever to say this, but it was actually Andre Ward versus
2: Paul Smith in 2015 that got me into <laughs> boxing. Um, a friend of mine told me about Andre Ward a month or so about his, about before the fight, um, about his, his comeback trail, his legal problems that it was having, his Olympic pedigree. And from that point, I was all in. I I was fortunate enough. I got to meet him a couple of years ago, uh, spend a few hours with him in with a gym in London. Um, and one of the first things I noticed was just how big his fists were. <laughs> we had a photo afterwards, and I remember looking at the photo afterwards and thinking that he'd made my wrist look like a 13-year-old voice, <laughs> um, which they probably still do to be fair. But uh, yeah, I can get that photo out if you want to put it on screen for the people to see. But yeah, it was Andre Ward was my
0: route into boxing. Amazing. Uh, I thought it was a bit of an open goal that you could say it was Carl who got you into boxing, <laughs> but um, I'll say that instead. Um, before we get into the analysis, let me tell you about our sponsors, Parry Matches, very special sign-up offer for new customers ahead of the fight. They're offering 30-1 to 1, uh, for Tyson Fury to win, or you can offer Dillian White to win at 70 to one as always you must be 18 plus uh, be gamble aware and always do gamble responsibly Uh, these enhanced odds will be paid in free bets with a max stake of one pound but you know one pound on a five on shot 30 to one isn't something to to sniff at at all let's get into the the preview then and looking ahead at the fight itself and uh, you know when you're looking ahead at, at this fight as a pundit Carl obviously you're approaching it differently as you would to a fighter or as a fan. What kind of things are you looking at in terms of previewing the fight and how it's going to go and the way that this fight is going to unfold in the
1: ring? Well, you're looking at at the styles of the fighters and and what they've done typically before and how they normally approach fights. I think we look at Dillian White. We we know what they expect and that is kind of gung-ho and he's wild at times, but he's always brave. He's always in a fight because he can punch and he's got a a really good left hook. Um, And when we look at Tyson Fury, Before the Wilder fights, we'd have thought he's a a nice mover, a guy who gets up on his toes for a massive, monstrous man, and he moves really well. But in in the Wilder fight, we've seen a different side to him. We've seen a kind of seek-and-destroy style, which which we haven't seen before. We didn't really know if he had that in him, um, but he showed a lot of people that he did have it. So going into this fight, you would typically expect White to come forward be aggressive, Fury to get up on his toes and move around, but it may not be the case because of what we've seen Fury do in the Wilder fight. Um, I, I think it's once once the fight was made, I had I had a winner in my head, and I, I always I've stuck with that, and I don't normally do that. Normally I, I change my mind throughout the build up to fight, but it's always been one man. It's always been Tyson Fury, and I feel like if we're going to build. If you're going to build a fighter that Tyson Fury looks good against, you build someone similar to Dillian White, and and that's why I feel like he wins the fight. But White is always in it because he's got that dangerous left hook.
0: But is there an argument to say that you know, given what Fury's done against Wilder, three times effectively, even though the first ended, of course, in a draw. You know, is this a case of you're fighting a bit of a Wilder light in, in terms of White and that's why Fury should be able to approach the fight in the same way and go gung ho?
1: No, I think I think that would be a a bit disrespectful to Dillian White. I think that Wilder Wilder isn't that good. Mm. Um, he he was a, he's a monstrous puncher, but he wasn't a very good boxer. Mm. Um, I, I saw him. I was in Vegas watching Leo Santa Cruz. On a Wilder Ortiz undercard, and and he lost every minute of every round up until he knocked him out. Um, but he's got serious power, probably the biggest punch in heavyweight that there's ever been. But he's not a very good boxer. Mm. Um, Dillian White can punch, not as hard as Wilder, but he's a bit more about him than Wilder in terms of boxing IQ, um, and he's brave as well. And saying that Wilder was brave too, but I think to call him kind of a a, a Wilder-like would be a, a a fair bit disrespectful.
0: I hope Dylan doesn't see me saying that and come after <laughs> me anyway. Um, but you know, we heard there, um, Josh, we heard Carl there kind of talking about the, the way that well, the Fury is now fighting and changing. For those who don't know about his relationship with, with um, Sugar Hill Stewart as well, can you explain what it is that is changing about the way that he's approaching these fights? I think the relationship
2: with Sugar Hill is, is perfect in many ways because I think they really complement each other in and out of the ring. You see them in and around Fight Week, they seem to have pretty similar characters. and how they carry themselves. It seems to be more of a more than just a professional relationship. But I think the difference, as Carl said earlier, we used to see Fury on the back foot punching as he moved, which sort of pretty took away quite a lot of the power. But now he's he's planting his feet, he's landing the one, two, three punch combinations and then moving back out the pocket. I think that's what Wilder's one of Wilder's biggest mistakes was that he allowed Fury to plant his feet and throw his punches hard without disrupting his flow. And I think that's what Dillian White really needs to do. He needs to what Dillian White has that Deontay Wilder di- didn't or didn't use was a jab. I, I think it was the, the third fight, wasn't it? The first round. Yeah. That was the first time we saw Deontay Wilder throw a meaningful jab and that mm. went out the window pretty pretty sharpish. I think he didn't land a jab in four of the last five rounds of the third fight, whereas Dillian White has a really strong jab. And if he wants to, to close that distance, he needs to to not do it recklessly, but use his jab to close the distance. Um, and I think that, that could be key for Dillian White, because as Carl said, he's got a really dangerous left hook, but he needs to... He needs to make opportunities for that to happen, and he can't just storm in.
0: Yeah, we've heard there, you know, Josh saying how he thinks Dillian White can beat Tyson Fury. You've said yourself you think Fury's going to win. If you were in the White camp, what would you be saying? Is the blueprint to try and try and get into this fight, With with the odds, you know, let's face it, massively stacked against uh, against White.
1: Uh, well, I think that I think that it needs to be a, a shootout. Like it needs to be a, a firefight. And I think if, if Fury gets up on his toes. It makes it really difficult for for Dillian White. Um, a lot of times we see Dillian White when he throws his left hook, it's kind of catches catches it and then he throws it. I think if he starts to maybe throw with Fury as well, so whilst Fury's punching, throw at the same time, um, he may have a little bit of success with that. Um, but I, I think that that he has to, he has to drag him into a fight. Um, can't remember. I was speaking to someone recently, and I can't remember who it was, but they made a really good point, and I, I don't want to steal their point on him, but I, I just don't <laughs> remember who it was. It may, may have been Chris Lloyd, can't remember. But um, it was about fury. Maybe We didn't see the, the fights uh, in the last two fights against Wilder. We didn't see him get up on his toes. Maybe he's not able to do that anymore because mm. of high-lived, pre, you know, he ballooned up in weight yeah. because of what's happened to him in the past and the drink and the drugs and everything else. And it takes its toll on your body. So maybe he's having to stand now because he just doesn't have the mobility to move around the ring. And he's a big guy. Like It, kinda, it defies logic that he was actually able to do that at one point. Mm. He may still be able to do it, but it may be a point of him just having to the stand there because he has to do it now. He doesn't have that mobility. But I think that gives that gives Dillian White more of an opportunity to win the fight if it is fought in close quarters. But what Fury done to Wilder also suggests then that Fury will, will be good enough to fight up close and to win the fight. But I think that's, that's where Dillian has his best chance of winning. Do you
0: agree with that as well, Josh? Do you think that's what, where you would look to hope the weakness is for Fury? For
2: sure. I think, as Carl said, he, Dillian White needs to get in range because there's such a big height difference and weight difference. I think. If we're going back on Dillian White's last 10 fights, back to the first chazora fight, which you'd say is probably the peak of his career, he's really coming around 250 pounds. And if, if Fury comes in anything close to what he did for Wilder for the last two fights, which is 275 to 280, I think, then that's like a 30 pound weight, weight difference. And I think he, he needs to, he can't afford to let Fury punch at full extension, full rotation, because that's when, obviously, the punches are gonna be at their most dangerous. So for him, it's all about closing that distance, but not doing it recklessly.
0: Going back to the, the kind of change in style from Fury, uh, Carl, as well, you know, we thought think of him, as you say, as a, as a boxer, move around, become a, m- a lot more aggressive in the fights against Wilder. How, how difficult is that to do? I mean, looking in from the outside, as someone who doesn't box, to, to shift your strategy so much and still achieve such great heights seems seems crazy. So how difficult would that have been to move I to think it, change it, mindset?
1: I think it would be really difficult, uh, you know, if you've got one style that you're known for, to, to completely change that. Um, it's got to be hard to do. We've seen fighters do it in the past, but I'm talking about great fighters mm-hmm. doing it. We've seen Bernard Hopkins do it towards the end of his career and change his style. We've seen Floyd Mayweather do it it, The first part of his career was a more exciting fighter, and then he kind of adopted and became really defensively one of the best fighters there's ever been, if not the best. So um, it's, it's not easy, but it can be done, and we've seen Fury doing something in the second two mm-hmm. Wilder fights that we'd never seen before. Um, but who knows if he's going to carry that game plan out in this fight. He says he will. He says he's going to meet um, Dillian Wade in the center of the ring, but um, he says a lot for you, doesn't he? <laughs> and um, who, who knows what's going to happen.
0: Josh, I, I'm, I'm told you're uh, armed with some, some stats for us to kind of break down in terms of the way that this fight could go. I noticed you don't have any paper or anything in front of you, so that's uh, so a good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it's so, yeah, it was basically about building on from what I said about uh, Dillian White's jab. I think, as I said, Deontay Wilder didn't have one, really, yeah. so so Dillian White has to be a punch perfect in that respect and to be fair to him he, he does throw a lot of jabs. I think I was looking into CompuBox numbers and only Alexander Usyk throws more jabs per round of all heavyweights in, in the division than Dillian White so you're not asking him to do something that he's never done before. He, he knows how to jab and he'll try and do it frequently, it's just whether he can pick the right moments at the right times to try and destabilise Fury and, and break his rhythm. But then on the flip side of that I was looking into what heavyweights receive, take the, the most power punches from their opponents and it's Dillian White of all heavyweights, he, he takes the most power punches. So if you're thinking about the size difference and how big Tyson Fury is, the style he's now adopted, I think that's quite, quite dangerous for, for White.
0: Absolutely. You know, We've spoken here about how White can trouble Fury, we've spoken about how Fury has changed his style. You know, Looking at the odds and things like that, it, the overwhelming likelihood here is that Fury does win this fight. It's just how he's going to do it and how that looks. If you were to predict how this fight is going to look stylistically and how Fury would win, what would you reckon would be the most likely way?
1: Uh, I think Fury mm, either points or, or, or maybe a late stoppage. Um, and I think another issue with Dillian White may be that he when he when he exerts a lot of energy when he has a particularly aggressive round and he's through you know a higher out, output in a round or even a, a part of a round he tends to then have to take a round off or have a big break mm. and he's relaxed and he, and he has to take it easy and he's exhausted almost at looks at times and then he comes back and he gets a second wind um i think that when he does that in this fight then fury will be able to take exploit that and, and take full advantage um and if if I was a bad man, I would, I would put my money on Fury to win mm. um, by late stoppage rather than points.
0: Well, we're going to call in our resident tips to fairly soon, so you can pick apart his tips in a second. Uh, what about you in terms of the way the fight's going to unfold? you know, For those people who watch the Wilder fights and think that Fury's going to come out swinging again, do you reckon it's worth urging some caution in terms of that being a repeat event? I think we might see a bit more caution from Fury early on.
2: I, d- I think because he should expect that White has more about him, as Carl said earlier in the show. White is Wilder looked for one punch and one punch only really mm. throughout the whole fight, whereas White has got more about him. He can build attacks. He he can he can give Fury different looks. So I would expect Fury to be a bit more cautious to start with. But I agree with Carl that a late stoppage would probably be my pick.
0: And Josh said it's been, uh, I mean, it's never boring with Tyson Fury or in or outside of the ring. And there have been some kind of behind the scenes problems as well. Do you think that could come into effect in, in terms of affecting the way this fight goes?
2: I don't know. It, I guess it depends how badly or how close both fighters have been to the, to the problems. I'd assume they would let their, their lawyers deal with it all and they can concentrate on the camp. But I'd be interested to know from you, Carl, because obviously you had some issues while you, while you were
1: fighting. Did that ever like, affect your preparations? Or? No, not, not necessarily. And, and I think that, I suppose, each each fighter is going to be different. But I, I just don't, I feel like Fury is someone doesn't really care that much. Dillian White, I think, is fully focused on winning the, you know, there's some talk that Dillian White's not going to show up and mm-hmm. all that. It, it's, it's nonsense, really. The, the fight will happen. There's too much money on the table for him not to show up. Um, and when he shows up, he will try his best to win. Um, and he's been away training behind the scenes. I, I I think both fighters will be mentally prepared for it. Um I think that Dillian White, although what I would like to have seen him be a bit more involved mm. in the press conference and build the fight. I you know I'm I'm like most boxing fans, I enjoy the kind of theatrics before a fight. But I think he's played a bit of a in terms of trying to get into Tyson's head, not saying he's definitely get into his head, but Fury would have got into his head if he'd have been more, yeah. more involved in the fight. And he's just, he's just kept quiet. I think he's, he's, played, he's, he's played his card mm. really well.
0: And no denying what top billing is on Saturday, the 23rd of April, St George's Day. Fury uh, against White at Wembley. But there is, of course, an undercard as well. Um, not a classic undercard, it's fair to say. Um, Josh, anyone we should be looking out for on, on the undercard here? I think, um listening to what Frank
2: Warren's been saying, I think he was he's quite unlucky in terms of the fighters that he's got that he wanted to put on the card. I think he, he even said himself he didn't want to really throw them in in there because they've got bigger things in in the pipeline. I think Anthony Yard's waiting for a shot, another shot at the world title mm. um obviously Joe Joyce he said he's got a broken wrist, I think he said um, but yeah, I think Isaac Lowe his fight is probably probably the best one on there. I think obviously Tommy Fury's probably going to get the most headlines, but I guess I don't I, don't know too much about his opponent but I would assume it's not like a dangerous fight for him Um, but yeah I guess in these sort of fights people people will moan about the undercard but really they're just tuning in for the big fight if no one's not going to watch the fight because the undercard's rubbish
0: yeah absolutely and uh, you say you don't know much about his opponent Uh, Tommy Fury himself said this man I'm about to fight would iron Jake Paul out easy so there's uh, some context for you anything anything to comment on on Uh,
1: I I think that well the undercard as a whole I think that when you have to pay so much money for the, the, the top fight, the yeah. top billing fight, then there's not a lot of money to spare <laughs> yeah. for what's going on underneath. And, and I think when, when, we, when we think about that rationally, I think the undercard's actually okay. But the, the amount of money that's been spent in this fight is, is huge. It's broken all records in terms of a purse for, for a boxing event. And I think Ant- Anthony Kikechi against um, Jonathan Romero, a former world champion. Both guys have only won one defeat on the record each. I think that's a good fight Um, as chief support. um, Ball and and Low isn't a bad fight either. I think it could be quite an exciting fight. But just because these guys aren't a household name, Mm -hmm. I understand why people are disappointed. But they can't kind of have to. They have to understand that all the money really has been spent. Has been spent on the big fight. And like you said, everybody's tuning in to see Tyson Fury against Dillian White.
2: I I think as well. When sometimes on these undercards, like on Anthony Joshua undercards, you might see like a Callum Smith out, and these guys are big names, but usually the people they face aren't up to match. So it's just because there's a big name doesn't mm. mean that it's going to be a good fight. So I think that's
0: probably important for people to remember as well. There you have it. Going to be some exciting fights on the undercard as well. We've done a, a preview of the fight itself. It's now time to call in our resident tipster to give us his thoughts uh, ahead of the big evening on Saturday, the twenty-third. Yeah, welcome to Odds Checker's boxing tipster here, Pete Morris, as well, who's joined us to, to share three tips, is it? Or maybe, maybe four, maybe a bonus at the end as well. Um, what's, the, what's the main fancy then? To give it to us, Perry Match offering plenty of markets. Yeah. What's the, the headline tip?
3: Well, I'm glad to say that we are all um, backing Fury in this one. I'm <laughs> glad I'm not, not stepping in here and then calling out White. But um, the main tip will be uh Fury by unanimous decision, which is 11 to 4. Um, I think some of the good things that you guys were talking about earlier Uh, We've seen this new style Tyson Fury sort of seeking to destroy, like you were saying. I personally wouldn't be that surprised if we saw him almost revert back to type in this fight and look to box a bit more. Um, Physically, White's a very different customer than than Wilder is. Shorter, I'd say stronger in the legs, more robust. And like you said, tailor-made for for a box and move sort of style. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if Fury goes that way a little bit more and we see him box a bit more. I think you know eleven to four for unanimous decision is a pretty good price. Carl, could you see any
0: possibility of the of fight going the distance and, and it not going Fury's way?
1: Yeah, no. Well, mm. it's hard to see that not going Fury's way. there's a strong possibility it could go the distance, and um, it would not surprise me if Fury wins on points. But I, I feel like um, I just feel like it, it, a knockout may come in, in the second half of the fight, maybe the last sort of four rounds something like that um, and the reason reason being is I, f- I feel like dillian white he sometimes gasses he over exerts himself and he, and he blows a little bit um, but if it goes to points really really hard to see dillian white winning on points
0: it's good that you say that because um you know, for those watching who who agree more with what Carl is saying rather than all the check is Peter Morris, you've got a second tip coming up as well yeah, in a second. Yeah, I'm um, out before you can. But we, <laughs> we um you know, before you go into that should I should say that Paramatch are offering exact method markets that split out unanimous majority and split decision results, which isn't always the way and it means that betters are getting better value there and eleven to four, the tip for the first one, an implied twenty six percent Can I just put the a
1: the disclaimer out that, yeah. that I very rarely get them right, so <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, say that. don't listen to me. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the bookie car. Uh, uh, um, but if
0: you do, I mean, despite that disclaimer from Carl there, if you do want to side with uh, a former world champion rather than a guy who's never spent any time in a ring before, then, then what's, twice. <laughs> what? Not twice. Sorry. <laughs> 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 what, is the, what is the second tip?
3: The second tip is Tyson Fury by TKO. Um, again, it's the exact method markets, um, and that's six to four. I think looking at the specific markets and the prices, the um, KO market is 11 to 4 and the TKO is 6 to 4. But the short price, 6 to 4, I think is much better value. Um, a TKO victory is quite unusual. And especially when you look at Tyson Furi's style, he's not a massive one punch boxer. You look at his, he's got 22 stoppage victories. Only four of them have come by KO and 18 of them by TKO. So I think that TKO market at 64 again offers a decent bit of value when maybe they're just overpricing that KO market a little bit. Um, and again, going back to sort of what Carl was saying, you can definitely see f- um, White getting tired in the back-, back end of the fight. So the stoppage not necessarily being you know, a knockout, but more of exhaustion, accumulation of punishment from the way he's boxing, and even the ref stepping in. So I think that TKO again... As 6-4 is it, it, a good bet if you don't fancy the distance.
0: Josh, just for those people who are watching this, who who only watch the big fights, can you explain the difference between TKO and KO?
2: Well just before that, just to build on that, I think it, it's, we saw that when uh, Dillian White um, faced Joseph Parker, if it went a round or two more, he was exhausted into that fight, wasn't he? So I think, so yeah, I think that is probably a, definitely a good shot.
3: And the other one for, as a sort of model for it maybe, is the fear, which is all a fight, where he really just broke all apart and mm. the ref had to step in, it was a TKO victory. Um, and again, style-wise, Chizorl is very physically a similar sort of fighter to, 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 to um, White in that he's shorter, very stocky, very physically strong, will look to try and get in his chest. So I think um, that's what tko back um, bet could be one that, if you don't fancy the decision, then yeah, 6-4, to four, I think it's a good a good shot.
0: Yeah, 6-4 to four there with Parrymatch TKO, when the, ref, when the ref comes in and stops the fight, uh, so Fury to win by that method, as you say, the way he normally does win in terms of, the, uh, of that market as well, with pretty much splitting the method of victory into two different markets they're Not all bookies doing that whatsoever. The third tip as well plays into what Carl was saying earlier. Yeah, this um, is one a
3: little bit longer price. Um, so six to one for Tyson Fury to win in rounds 10 to 12. So basically going back to, to what we've said already around um, white getting tired, accumulation of punishment. If If Fury... Doesn't put it on him early, and is looking to box him and just you know use his range, move his feet. Um, I can definitely see White giving him a bit of trouble during the middle rounds and really trying to close that gap and, and put a bit of pressure on him. But eventually, I think the skills that Fury possesses, the size of him, I think it'll get tough work for White in the later part of the round. Later part of the fight, and I think six to one in rounds 10 to 12 is, is a good bet probably that's really good volume yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's the middle rounds are actually shorter prices and i think i'd much rather bet on him to, to finish him late than, than, than those middle rounds so six to one i think is, is a good bet that, that appeals to you carl yeah it does yeah I,
1: I, that, that put a gun to my head i feel like Fury will stop him late so six to one rounds 10 to 12 is Worth, we worth upon. Yeah. We yeah. There we go.
0: <laughs> uh, and finally, um, for those you know who do want to get against Tyson Fury and back Dillian White, I know that's not the way you want to go, but you've you've very diplomatically gone yeah. out there and looked for. It,
3: for me, I'd keep it really simple and just bet on um, on White by stoppage. Any stoppage, um, I think it's five to one. Um, again, not one i would be I'll be going after, but five to one White stop um, White stop him. I personally. Don't, don't see it happening. But if you want to back in, then that's, that's the way to go. There you go, five to
0: one. Uh, it's not a tip, we're not gonna call it a tip, it's no. just for those people out there who do want to uh, side with Dillian White uh, for the big fight as well. Thank you very much to Pete for showing uh, his tips with us today. Cheers, thank you, Time now just to have a look at what, what will be the aftermath of this, of this fight, as is always the case here. Um, and you know, this is obviously gonna be another opportunity for Tyson Fury to really cement himself as one of the best in the game. Uh, in long term and kind of across all weights, Carl. Where do you think Tyson Fury at this moment in time ranks amongst the best that Britain have ever had?
1: Um, he's up there, but I wouldn't say he's the best. Um, he's done some great things in his career. I think the, the, the three fights against Wilder, although one was a draw officially, mm. officially. He, w- he won that fight. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the big achievements, but going away to Germany to beat. Um, Vladimir Klitschko, huge win, when no one really expected him to do that, um, he's up there but I think there's still a little bit more he needs to do to become cement to himself as the best ever that Britain's ever produced and I think a couple more wins after a Dillian White victory if he does win, um, for example Usyk and AJ's next two fights, then it's hard to say that he wasn't the best ever if he if he wins them fights if they ever happen and he retires undefeated what a career he's already had! what a career that that would be if it finishes like that do you think that will happen uh, who knows he says he's going to retire after this fight mm, um, to believe that he seemed he seemed sincere and like he was being honest and he mentioned the money and he said look after this fight i'll have over 100 million in the bank <laughs> a lot of money and um that he's was when a, you retired, wasn't it, when hit 100 million in the Yeah, <laughs> well, I wish, I wish. Um, but he, uh, he, he's got a family, he's away from his kids, he's missed a lot of his kids growing up and stuff, so would it surprise me if he retired? Um, yes, it would. While the AJ fight's still being talked about, while there's a potential to um, become undisputed against the winner of AJ and Usyk, um, I think it would Surprise me that if, if we never see him in a boxing ring again. But he talked about a crossover fight with mm. Francis Ngannou, which would be a huge uh, attraction in itself. He's talked about WWE again, which is again <laughs> is massive for some people, not so much for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I feel like we'll we'll see him, we'll see him again.
0: Surely it's not a massive price that he retires and then comes back again afterwards. I mean, uh, that, his we history. may see
1: that, yeah. yeah. You know, you've seen fighters do that in the past. Yeah. Retire, but then come I mean, he's back. It he's it's almost it. Yeah, I know, yeah. and it's almost like, you know, I'll retire now because I want more money to come back. Yeah. One of them <laughs> ones. Maybe maybe he's just been clever. Who knows?
0: Josh, where, where do you think Fury ranks, uh, and what do you think he has to do in order to really cement himself as, as maybe the best? I guess like you're
2: that. kind of looking at Joe Calzaghi at the moment. 46 mm. wins and 46 fights. Lennox Lewis, obviously the last guy to so be undisputed at heavyweight, I think. If Tyson Fury can end his career, as Carl said, with the win over White and then unif- um, becoming undisputed against either Usyk or AJ, I think you, it's hard to argue against that sort of resume and that sort of career. So I think he has to, as Carl said, have a few more fights and then he'll be definitely in the conversation of, of those three, two guys.
0: If he were to win, Josh, as we expect him to do here, as we've spoken about for the last half an hour or so, and he were to fight Usyk and then AJ, do you, would you make him kind of heavy favourite in both of those fights going into it? I, w- I would, yeah. I would
2: make it... I'd, I think what we were expected from AJ against Usyk was for him to use his physical advantages, which obviously he didn't. And mm. I think Fury would, has already shown with Wilder that he can, more, he's more than capable of doing that. So I think not that Usyk isn't good enough. I just think the size advantages, the size differences there, sorry, are, are so great that I think Fury would take control. I think probably AJ has more of a chance to beat Fury than, yeah, I'd agree than, with than Usyk, just because AJ is a big guy and unlike Wilder, he can set his punches up. He's he's a good boxer. He didn't look good against Usyk, mm. but he is a good boxer. He's technically sound in that respect, and I think he doesn't have the one-punch knockout power like Wilder, but he, he's got repeated power, and he would know if he would put Fury down, and I think he, he would also be able to keep putting him down as well.
0: Do you agree with that? You think Joshua is
2: the yeah. one who could beat
0: him?
1: I think um, I think he's a better chance of beating him okay. than, than Usyk, although Usyk is an unbelievable fighter, one of my favourites. Technically, probably better than both um, Fury and AJ. Definitely, be- technically, better than AJ, but says really matters when it's the big man and I think that would just be a step too far for Usyk. Um, I think that Fury is just too big for him and that, that would really be the difference. Um, but I would agree with Josh here that I, think that I think that AJ has more of a chance of beating Fury than Usyk, although he's not a good, as good as a fighter as him, but he's, a, he's an athlete. He's a yeah. real strong powerhouse when he wants to be. He got the tactics really wrong against Usyk. But I'm sure if he fought, if he fought Fury, the tactics would be different. And he he knows he would have to, he would have to get on him and try. He's not going to outbox him. He would have to knock him out, and that's the tactics I expect to see in the next fight with Usyk as well. He's not going to outbox him. He has to go forward and and try and knock him out and impose his strength. Were you
0: surprised by how that Usyk Joshua fight went?
1: Yeah, I, I was surprised. I think a lot of, well, most people in boxing were surprised. It's just. It was bizarre from the outside looking in, the, the, the tactics. You're trying to outbox the master boxer when you've got so many more physical attributes. He, he, should, have, he should have been on him. He should have been, all he had to do was be a brute in that fight and, and impose his strength and size and, and throw him around, throw his stick around and push him down. Do a bit of a kind of Vladimir Klitschko style. Hit, push down, hold, push down and just sap their energy. But he stood off and he got outboxed. Um, he knows for the next fight the tactics certainly have to change and hopefully we see it. I think a lot of people just have Usyk winning that fight comfortably. Um, I'm not so sure. If AJ gets it right, he, he can win that fight. And obviously, Luke Usyk has a lot of other things to worry about at the minute, a lot more on his plate. That's got to be playing on his mind, although he's getting ready for the course, fight. Yeah. Um, it kind of just puts boxing in, in the perspective, really, and, and he's, a, he's he's these things on his mind at the minute, which may affect his build up their fight.
0: For for a boxer in AJ, whose star has rose so quickly and the trajectory kept going upwards, do you think having that defeat and having being brought back to earth with, with such a bump can actually be a positive in terms of going forward and learning from those mistakes?
1: Um. I'm not so sure. He had that. He had that moment against Andy Ruiz, yeah. and he, he was kind of, yeah, of able to settle the score um, in the second fight, and, and he won the second fight quite comfortably yeah. on points. But um, he's he's a marquee name. He's a huge name, probably the biggest name in, in British sports still. Always um, oh, had two defeats on his record. Um, he's a media darling. Like everybody loves him. Your granny loves him. The young girl <laughs> on the street loves him. Um, He's just a huge name, but I think that he didn't. He didn't. I don't think it done. Him, I don't. Think he need didn't need to lose that fight so to bring him back. The reason
0: is This was just being found
1: out. I think so. Yeah. You
0: do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I just think AJ's biggest problem
2: has been inactivity. I think because yeah. he achieved so much so early, on, s- achieved so much so early on. He went from being going to a, like a two fighter a year sort of boxer really too quickly. I think. He's still, he's still learning, he's still learning. He's still trying to find his way, and I think only fighting once a year just doesn't really help that, and obviously in the calibre of opponents he's
0: going up against. Do we think, this is both of you just before we close, do we think we will see the, the Fury-AJ
1: fight? Um, yes, I do. I think there's, even, you know, whatever happens, and ne- say, for example, Dillian Waite beat Fury and Usyk beat AJ, Fury and AJ is still a huge fight. Yeah. It's still a massive fight. Um, and and I, just, I just believe it will happen uh, at some point before both, both of them hang on them. I think It's got to happen. There's too much money um, involved. I just hope that politics and
2: egos don't get in the way in the build-up. But yeah, I agree. I think we still see that.
0: Let's hope it's not in 10 years' time, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to both Josh and to Carl for joining us today and sharing their thoughts on the Fury-White fight coming. On the 23rd of april at wembley stadium thank you very much to Parimatch as well for sponsoring the show remember for new customers only one pound uh, max stake 30 to one on fury 70 to one on white those to be paid out in free bets 18 plus only be gamble aware and please do gamble responsibly hopefully uh, the fight will live up to the billing hopefully a couple of winners in there as well but absolutely absolutely fantastic insight from both the guys as well so do enjoy the fight
1: and as ever please do gamble responsibly